and record. Here we go. Today we are going to complete the sixth and final one of the six constant mitzvahs. And I'm very excited to share that with you today and begin an introduction to Passover, which I'm also very excited to share with you. And we're going to do a crash course in the laws of Passover in the next couple of days um, leading up to Passover, which is next Wednesday night, coming very quickly. Welcome to the Guide to Living Inspired Daily Practical Sound Bites. I'm your host, Rabbi G. Let's go, guys. You ready? Let's go. Um, by the way, we're getting some traction on the podcast. People are listening. So uh, no one's ever emailed me to say they liked it. But if you're out there, please tell me you like it. Gavrielhoran at gmail.com. All right. No spam, please. All right. What's the significance? Uh, what's the sixth and final consummate? Please, can we have a volunteer to summarize the first five consummate for Or just one. We'll take whatever we can get. Don't believe in any other gods. That would be the second. John, the first, you said yesterday. I know you know it, so I could say it. God is one. Good, that's the third. First one is... Before God, before you know God is one, first you gotta know God God is God is first constant mitzvah. God is God exists and He's involved in the world. Second mitzvah: Don't worship idols. Don't worship yourself. Don't turn yourself into an idol. Don't utilize the spiritual forces that exist to fulfill your own needs, but rather nullify yourself to the needs of. God. God is one, meaning God is in every experience and everything. God is behind every experience and everything. And everything and every experience on a deeper level is actually an experience of God. So that is mitzvah number three. Mitzvah number four, love God. Recognize the great gifts that we have in our life, whether it's our own body, the things that we have to be thankful for, whether it's nature, biology, chemistry, physics, quantum physics, we have so much to be thankful for and to recognize this internal desire of the soul to want to bond and connect to the oneness of God, to the infinite, to be part of everything. Then we learned yesterday about Yiras Hashem, fear of God, which means really awareness of God, recognizing that God is real. On the lowest level, there's cause and effect, consequences for our behavior. Spirituality is real. But on a deeper level, it's recognizing that in order to have a relationship with God, we have to also draw away from that desire to connect. We also have to exist separate from God in order to bond with God. A baby in the mother's womb is not experiencing a love relationship with the mother. It's experiencing oneness with the mother. When the baby is born and separate and disconnected and lonely and cold, then the baby can come back and connect to the mother. So it's that separation that really enables us to have relationship, recognizing those boundaries and our own smallness. And we get that also by looking at nature and beauty and realizing how small we are in the big picture of creation and how we're really disconnected from God, um, but wanting, yearning to connect while also existing. And finally, today's mitzvah is not to stray 
after our eyes and our hearts. This is a constant mitzvah. To constantly be monitoring our eyes and our hearts. What's the significance of the eyes and the heart? What would you guys say? What does that mean, not to stray after your eyes and heart? Anyway. Everything we see. Not to get distracted, like we've, you guys have been learning for the past few weeks in the Masil Sisharim, of focusing, not letting the subliminal messages of the advertising pull you away, of the external world suck you down. Anything else? What about the heart? Were you going to add anything, John? What does it mean not to stray after the heart? Don't be spontaneous. Don't be impulsive. Think things through. Don't just go after what you feel. You know, when I first started becoming observant, so back when I was in the more hippie phase, I thought that following your heart was the goal in life. You got to just feel, feel, do what you feel. And when I got involved in Judaism, I heard the idea that the heart lies. Your heart is actually not your friend. Your heart is very dangerous because it can trick you. And um, I thought that was very weird at first, but it, the reality is, is that your heart is incredibly stupid. Your heart does not have a brain. Your brain has a brain. Your brain doesn't have a heart. So the two have to work together. So, so the Talmud says that not to stray after the eyes means not to go after immorality, meaning sensual immorality, right? The heart, the Talmud says, refers to heresy, intellectual immorality, straying from your spouse or straying from God, essentially. So we mentioned the first of the six consummates to believe in God. We mentioned that there's a mitzvah that's brought down in many Jewish sources. Maimonides primarily says there's a mitzvah to believe and to know that there's a God. It's very interesting. Belief and knowledge, they sound opposite, right? If you know something, do you believe it? Do you need to believe it? If you believe something, do you know it? Do you know it? So, one of the great Jewish uh, sages of the previous generation, Rabbi Hanan Wasserman, who was a Rosh Hashim in Baranovich in Belarus, he actually was killed by the Nazis. He famously was in America when the war broke out, and he returned to Europe because he said he didn't want his community to be alone. And, uh, what? Sorry. Well, Rav Elchanan Wasserman was a great Rosh Hashiva of Baranovich, I think in, I believe in Belarus, who was in America collecting funds for his yeshiva when the Holocaust broke out. And he actually returned to Europe to essentially die with his community. He actually said something famous, which I'll just mention now, this is not our topic, but he asked a question, he said, who is worse, Hitler or Stalin? 
What do you think he said? Keep in mind, he was killed by the Nazis. Yeah, he said Stalin is worse because Hitler is only killing the body. Stalin is killing the soul. So, very interesting. And by the way, Stalin also killed plenty of bodies, many more bodies than Hitler did. Just not specifically Jewish bodies, although he certainly did certainly didn't hold back from killing Jewish bodies, right? So, right before Stalin died, he actually had a plot to to perform a Holocaust against all the Jews of the Soviet Union, known as the Doctor's Plot, and he had a stroke on the day that it was essentially supposed to go into effect. Happened to be that day was Purim. All right. So says Rabbi Hanan Wasserman, there is a mitzvah incumbent upon every Jewish person at the age of 12 or 13 to know there is a God. He said, how is it possible for a 13-year-old boy, right, although my son is very smart, right, but a not-so-smart 13-year-old boy to know there's a God if Aristotle did not know there was a God, smartest person who ever lived, arguably, or any other intelligent person. How could it be that we're obligated to know something intellectually, and there are brilliant people who walk this earth who didn't know it, and yet we're supposed to know it at age 13? So he answers as follows. He answers that the truth is extremely simple. It's very obvious to any kid that you have a complicated world, that world got here somehow. It's not an accident. It's just that our intellect complicates things. So how does that work? He says that really, if we were completely pure, we would see everything with complete and utter intellectual clarity. The problem is, is that our emotions and our bodies bribe us. And they pull us away from reality and they pull us away from truth. And then you know what our brain does? It rationalizes. And our brain comes up with all sorts of philosophies and theologies and lifestyles in order to rationalize what we feel like doing. Just look at the world right now. Look at the movements in the world and ask yourself, are all the movements in the world based on intellectual values and truth? Or are they just simply coming to rationalize things that feel good or things that are easy? So he says that the eyes and the heart essentially pull us away from reality. We often think that seeing is believing. You know, if I see it, I know it's true. The reality is it's the exact opposite. Believing is seeing. You see what you believe. You don't believe what you see. You see what you believe. And your belief system shapes what you see in the world. Like we mentioned that scientists who are believers in God, well, they find proofs for God in, in, in science. Scientists who are atheists find proofs against God's existence from science. So there's very little intellectual inquiry in this world. Most of it is that we've made up our heart, and then our mind just goes along with it. So Judaism says we have to learn to disconnect from the heart in order to see things with total intellectual clarity, and then to engage the heart. What's the role of engaging the heart? So there's a mitzvah to believe and to know there's a God. What's the difference in belief and knowledge? So in English, knowledge is in the mind. Belief is in the heart. It doesn't matter what you know up here, until it hits home in your heart, it doesn't change your life. 
Everyone knows smoking kills. Every smoker knows smoking kills, but they keep smoking. Why? Because they say, that's not going to happen to me. I know it kills, but I don't feel it. Until the one day it hits home, their close relative gets diagnosed with cancer, or they get diagnosed with cancer. Suddenly, they quit. Why? Because now it hit home. They feel it. And the only way to change your life is not through the mind. You see, the mind and the body speak completely different languages. You need a modem to connect the mind and the body. You know what that modem is? The heart, the emotions. In order to change your life, you have to speak to your emotions. The brain has to convince the heart to then convince the body. The only way we make changes is when our emotions get involved. The problem is if the emotions are running wild, so it goes go the other direction. The body can convince the emotions that, of what it wants, and then the brain has no choice but to go along with that. So the key is to learn to synchronize our mind over the heart, over the body. We have to connect the pathways. So Kabbalah teaches us that in when the Jews were in exile in Egypt, the Zohar says that Das, what Rabbi Livingstone was just talking about, something called Das in Hebrew, which is often translated as knowledge, it doesn't really mean knowledge. Das means intimacy, intimate knowledge. It means it's part of you. Das is when the intellect connects to the emotions. That's called knowledge. Like in the biblical sense, Adam knew Eve. It means they were close, right? So, so Judaism says that it's not enough to know something up here. You have to bring it down into your deeper consciousness. So it says that when the Jews were in exile in Egypt, the das, intimate awareness, consciousness, was in exile as well. What does that mean exactly? So let's think about it. Let's think about it. What is slavery? What is slavery? Give me a definition of slavery. <laughs> oh, so freedom of what? Taking away a person's freedom of what? Oh, excellent. Freedom of action. You see, a slave is forced, their body is not their own. Their action is not their own. But their thoughts, are their thoughts their own? I mean, you could try to take that away in a totalitarian society or in a social media society. You can try to take away the mind. But really, slavery is the body. So essentially, definition of slavery is the inability to act on what you believe. You get that? Slavery is the inability to bring down what I want. I can't do what I want. It's the disconnection between mind and action. That's slavery. A slave can dream, but he can't fulfill those dreams. He can desire, but he can't act. On those desires. So essentially, slavery and exile is this inability to bring our belief system and our values into our life, into action. 
So how do we do that? How do we connect the mind and the body? The answer is the heart. The Kutzker Rebbe said, the greatest distance in the world is not between heaven and earth, but between a person's head and their heart. One of the great Hasidic masters, someone once asked him, what do you do for a living? And he said, I build bridges between people's hearts and their minds. That's why Hasidim don't like to wear ties, because the tie disconnects between the heart and the mind. So the pathway, the highway with which the mind and the heart connect is the neck. The word for Egypt in Hebrew, Mitzrayim, is related to the word neck in Hebrew. And the Arizal famously says that Egypt it refers to the neck of the world. The word paro, pharaoh, is the same letters as the word for neck in the Torah. Because Egypt represents that highway where the heart and the mind now become disconnected through the neck. So, and additionally, it says in the Zohar that another thing that was in exile in Egypt was the power of speech. What is speech? Speech is the ability to express what I have inside me. It's the next level of expression that leads to action. So the way to bring our thoughts into action is through the power of speech. Paro literally means pe-ra, which means an evil mouth. Pesach literally means pe-sach, an open mouth, a speaking mouth. Our job is to connect our minds with our hearts to lead to action. And the way to do it is through the power of speech, self-expression. The night of Pesach, we say over the Haggadah, which literally means the telling. The telling. We talk about our experiences in Egypt. We talk about our experiences as the Jewish people in history. We talk about our values because it's through speaking things out that leads to emotional connection, which leads to action. The night of Passover is a night of trying to bring what we believe into emotion, into our families. We even eat the, the exodus on Passover. We eat the bitterness of our slavery. We eat the taste of freedom because we're trying to make it real. We're trying to bring it into our life tangibly that it can actually change our life. So that's perhaps the message of this sixth constant mitzvah is to be very careful with what we see and what we feel because ultimately the eyes and the heart can pull us away from what we believe. The key is that we should be, our mind should be steering the ship and then our heart should actually be engaging and leading that in, all the way through into action. A person cannot function without heart and mind. You need the two. A world without heart would be a cold, calculated place. And a world without mind is a crazy place. That's why you need liberals and conservatives. You need the bleeding heart liberals to feel the pain of the world. And you need the conservatives to come up with answers on how to solve those problems. Uh, if the person who's emotional is trying to solve problems, you're going to get in into a lot of trouble because the emotions are not very smart. But if the person who's intellectual is trying to solve problems, they're going to miss out on a lot of problems because they only see things through the eyes of, of numbers and figures and facts and not through, through heart. So we really need both. And uh, that's the ultimate mess mission of the Jewish people is to bring together the East and the West, masculine, feminine, right and left, heart and mind to, to literally bring the world to, to its completion in speech, thought and action. Thank you guys for listening. Sorry we went over a little bit and we'll uh, see you hopefully tomorrow.